Ethical disclaimer. While Diana and I are psychologists, we aren't your psychologists. Reverse psychology, while hopefully fun and informative, is not a replacement for therapy. If you're interested in speaking with a therapist, please check out some of the links in our episode description. Also, Diane and I are both deeply passionate about psychology. Common with things you love, we may get frustrated, but at the end of the day, we hold sincere respect for psychology and psychologists. Now, on with the show. She'll be running six on horses when she comes. Yeehaw! She'll be running six on horses when she comes. Is it ready? We've been recording since this morning. Well, should we, are, we welcome, are we welcoming? Are we there yet? Yeah, let's just... You said you wanted to try a new version, which should we just dive right in the topic and just do that? I do, but before we do that, I want to welcome everyone to the show. Welcome, Hello, to, welcome Reverse to Reverse Psychology, Psychology the podcast. podcast. I, I am... This is annoying. Yes. Dumb. I, I hate us. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like who we are anymore. I'm Dr. Diana. And I look into a mirror oh, longingly. If I've been away that long, I just my tooth just hit the microphone. Ew. I'm a licensed psychologist. <laughs> Good. PhD in school psychology. Okay. Board certified behavioral analyst. Analyst. Doctoral level. Oh. D. Got the D. Gotta get that D. I'm Dr. Mike. Don't do it like that. I'm Dr. Mike. I'm a clinical psychologist, and I didn't say anything right before this. I miss Katie. I miss Katie too. She really kept this together. <laughs> you were like, you looked at the chair she was sitting in mm. that now has a there's just a there's bra. just a sports bra in the shape of Katie. <laughs> oh, oh, she was so great. She was great. Her voice was amazing. I, I feel know. like she has a real radio voice, but not a radio face. She doesn't have. She has a. She's a. She's a face of TV. She has a TV face. With a radio a voice. Voice of a radio. Oh, before we get into it, though, we don't have any reviews. We have a updated review. We also have not it's not a review, but I did want to mention do a call out. So yesterday, our friend Beth texted me. Okay. Hey Beth. What's up, Beth? I hope she listens cuz Okay, so she Let's texted Let's read it then we'll talk about it. Me and Katie. Oh, weird. I was off the text. Yeah. She said, "Listening to your podcast right now. Love it." As if it's mine and Katie's podcast. Yeah. Yeah. And then Who's that dude talking? My friends are the coolest, which is sweet. And then she said, Diana, I'm just going to say before I say what she said, this is gross. She said, Diana, you have popped my podcast, Cherry. You. Be proud. This is the first I've listened. This is the first podcast I've listened to ever. I heard the hymen was a myth. Is that true? <laughs> I don't even, even want to talk about that. Okay. Well, thanks, Beth. Thank you, Beth. I Thank hope you, Beth. You Enjoy explaining it. that to your gynecologist at your next meeting. <laughs> Remember that band called Cherry Pop and Daddies? <laughs> Cherry Pop and Daddies is such a disgusting so band. gross. Oh, do you want a good daddy to pop that cherry? Ew. And then play a Zoot Suit Riot? That's not the band that sings Who that was band. that? That was not the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones. No. Um, I'm going to look it up while you read our review update. Throw back a bottle of I beer. I guess you're looking it, it up. It is the Cherry Pop and Daddies. Oh, it is? Yeah. Oh, oh sorry. Bummer. I was We're really from Los Angeles. Off. Did you know them? I uh, know. I didn't know them, but I used to go to a lot of concert shows the cpd bands shows yeah my dad would say have fun at the concert and i go it's a show it's a dad, show, dad. <laughs> the cherry poppin daddies put on a show oh, fleetwood man. mac does concerts what dad an angsty teenager like 
My dad called the show a concert. Oh my God, how embarrassing. Okay, oh go ahead. God, we have one updated review. That wasn't my phone. It is from... It was. Sorry, yes. Hey, ahead. everyone in the room, can we all mute our phones for a second? <laughs> everyone, I'll wait. Okay, go. Okay. This is an updated review from Oscarman, who I still think is Scott Arkerman. And if Scott, if that's you, we're playing a game of cat and mouse. The title is Plugs. He said, I heard you give a shout out to my boy Bob Duca the other day. <laughs> Five more stars. <laughs> Thank you. We did. If you Oops. like if you comedy. Like, yeah. If you like look laughing. Up, look up Bob Duca on YouTube. It's uh, Seth Morris's character. It's really funny. Yeah. He comes up with a list, bunch of lists of things. And yeah, one is like. hypochondriac. Yeah. But then he also has lists of. Is it his, always diseases? No. There's a list of like his therapist names. He does. Um. Like a list of things he remembers from his childhood. <laughs> and it's like... Oh, and I would say speaking of list, list, you know, uh, the assignment was write down some memories of summer from your youth. The following are some tastes and smells of my youth. Sun tea. Fresh cut grass. Snickerdoodles. Frog water. Fireflies. Homeschool erasers. Suntan oil. Chlorine, bromide, formaldehyde, heirloom ice cubes, waterlogged tree fort. Where did you grow up? Butterscotch discs. Jesus. Dew ripened discs. lawn mushroom. I don't know. Butterscotch discs. Breakfast exists. salad. What? Garbage can plums. Are you having a stroke? Homemade toothpaste candy. I'm just reading with passion, Bill. <laughs> Older cousin farts. Oh. Grandfather breath. Okay. Allergy helmet. Before, I know we said we wanted to jump right into the topic, okay. but we I just learned can't something new about Dr. Mike today that I really want to bring everyone in. I laughed so hard. Just when you think you know a person. Yeah, just they when throw you think you're you. four years into a relationship and then something <laughs> happens. Then someone makes a passing comment while they're reaching into the fridge for a drink. I said, oh, I got these shrinky dinks for like Christmas ornaments. And then Mike said. What did I say? No, you tell me. You you tell the story and I'll comment. You're going to say, oh, I did, that's not how I said it. That's not how I said no, I said that when I was a boy, my parents called my penis a dinky. <laughs> Why? I think because it was less offensive than penis or like cock. <laughs> if you want my parents to call my penis a cock. Oh, make sure you clean your cock properly. No, that's disgusting. Welcome to our psychology podcast. Yeah. No, they called it a dinky, which is also like... Like, how old are you? 18. No. No, I... So old like enough little? to have... Uh, little. Was it little? I know. I, I was little. It was large for my age. I always remember that my doctor every year was like, all right, you're reading at a fifth grade level <laughs> and your penis is at a 10th grade level. Congratulations. So how, in what context would they use it? Uh, cleaning. <laughs> when, when not to touch it. Mostly when not, because we were Catholic. So the easy way to remember it is never, never, never <laughs> touch it. This is why if you ever walk into me peeing, my, both my hands are on my hip. <laughs> Because I don't want God to think I'm touching myself. Okay, so <laughs> one time you told me that your mom, oh, what else? What else did I tell you? It's like kind of related, but you told me that your mom, like, you'd try on pants and you'd come out yeah. and dress. 
I hate trying on pants to this day. <laughs> I, know. I try to make it as painless as possible for you, but it's, it no. is triggering no matter what yeah. I do. You're making it painless in the, the physical sense, but yeah. it's painful <laughs> in the mental and psychological sense. Well, maybe we can work on that. But yeah, what did my mom say? Well, I know she just when you'd come out of the dressing room, she'd like feel around a lot and like is she would she would put her thumb in my waistband <laughs> and like aggressively wrap it around and then she would always jostle and she would say, "Is there enough room in the front?" What she meant probably was, "Is there enough room for your penis?" Dinky is did you did you can your dinky breathe? <laughs> you just spit tea I back just in your spit mug. Tea back into my mug. Oh, so now, but now I do I'm like. Still drink it. I don't I, care. I do when we are trying on pants and you're like looking at them. I'm like, can you see my penis? <laughs> I say the first part loud, quietly say penis. <laughs> yeah, that's my mom would always do that. Um, cool. Well, so let's jump. So we got, we did introductions. Introductions. Who are we? Who are we? Updated stars. Dink talk. Dink talk. Now, topic. <laughs> top talk yep what's the topic for today it's a very serious topic okay it is it i think it's partially i don't want to say it's a pause on the podcast oh but it is a thing i would like for us to talk about and probably like bounce back to every so often i don't know if i feel comfortable with the way this is going i'm not comfortable with the way the most things are going okay this is about the replication crisis in psychology oh, okay dun, dun, dun. i'm okay with that i'll allow it who is this <laughs> is that jaws what is yeah who what song is that it's just it's the, the new horror theme oh for it so anyways what do you know about the, the replication crisis in psychology okay so here's what i know okay what do you know i know we're gonna we're gonna teach we're gonna treat this like an inquisition or an inquiry where i'm gonna be the high and mighty congressman and you're the witness and i'm just gonna really grandstand a lot what do you know about the replication crisis i retract that question over a lot of time isn't it true that you contributed to it I'll retract that. I don't have a lot of time. So what I know is that there's a crisis and it's like 50% replicability with studies. So like one research team does a study on a phenomena. So one research team does a study looking at one type of phenomena. And with a treatment, intervention, whatever. Whatever. And then if another team tries to replicate that under the exact s- similar circumstances. Yes, I'll talk about that. Um, there's a, It is difficult to find the same results. Yes. So let's take this like a Quentin Tarantino movie. And that is the that is the climax. And now let's back up a little bit. Let's talk about what replication is and why it's important. Okay. So imagine if you're driving down a road. You're just driving your car. Okay. You're listening imagine. to... You're listening to uh, Mazzy Star. You listen to this podcast and you're laughing. The windows are down. And you drive past someone and you're like, holy shit. Was that a pirate? Mm-hmm. And then what would you think if you drove past what you thought was a pirate? I'd be like, that's weird. Is there like, is there a convention going on? It'd be confusing. You'd be like, oh, I, don't know, I don't know why. Is that a, was, it, was it a pirate? Was that a homeless person? Yeah. Was that Johnny Depp with a bunch of handkerchiefs flowing out of his pocket? Yeah. And then you keep driving the road and then you see another pirate. Mm-hmm. And then a few minutes later, another pirate. Mm-hmm. Every new pirate you see, you're probably like, no, these are definitely pirates that I'm seeing. Mm-hmm. Because you've seen it enough times in a row. That is a very convoluted way to say why replication is really important <laughs> in science. 
I don't know that you made the case that seeing pirates is important. No, seeing pirates isn't important. It's saying that if you see something once, there's a lot of reasons why you could have seen it. And you could you could have seen it by accident. Or you could have seen it and not really seen it. Like you could have seen a homeless person and been like, oh, cool, that's a pirate. You need a lot of data points that are all saying the same thing. Right. Or if let's say uh, a person walks by and I was like, holy shit, is that Hulk Hogan? And then no one else sees it. I'm a crazy person. But then if a new friend walks in the house and he goes, oh, Hulk Hogan just walked down the street. Mm. Now you have two data points. Who's two crazy? observations. Two observations. Independent observation. In science, that's key. A lot of different people all seeing the same thing. Mm-hmm. The more people that are seeing it, the more it's probably a real thing that's going on. Can, I know you're probably going to talk about this, but one of the problems is that sometimes what we're studying is a construct which means that it's difficult to measure so like it has to do with our measurement tools yeah so we're going to get into why this is going on i think i I want to the boat that's okay i just want to talk about a front like what are the different types of replication so there's a crisis in psychology where we we as a couple but also we as a field publish hey guys i'm trying to talk about a really serious (laughs) crisis you guys there's nothing you can do about it what are you upset. proving by barking at a squirrel? Oh, gosh. Yeah, good. Fall off the couch. That squirrel is like turning away and showing its fluffy little tail. Stop barking at that squirrel's butthole. So in psychology, there are a lot of publications and there's a lot It's there's a lot of findings. There's a lot of articles that come on and say like, hey, guess what? This is a new thing and this is going on. This is going on. The problem is that when we stop and actually replicate stuff, we find that very rarely can we find that same finding again. When they do... A large-scale review of studies, only about a third can be replicated. Of those, only 23% of social psychology studies can actually be replicated. And about 56 of cognitive psychology can be replicated. Yeah. Cognitive being like... Like IQ test. Tests and sensations. These are ones where like it's a little bit more concrete, a little bit more like, I'm going to flash a light at you and I'm going to see what part of your brain lights up. Mm-hmm. Those types of tests. Yeah. The social psychology ones are like, I'm going to make you uncomfortable and see how close you sit next to a stranger. Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot more variability within those. But still, like that's still super low. That are Those are published studies? that con- These are all from published studies. Okay. So then that brings up a whole... Whole other bag of Whole worms. Whole other bag of worms. Get ready for your worm bag. Well, there's that issue in psychology and science in general called the file drawer problem. Yeah. You know about this? Mm-hmm. But you, but you tell me. I'll tell you if you're right or not. <laughs> So it's the whole issue that, you know, as scientists, we publish in peer-reviewed journals. And often peer-reviewed journals only want... Sexy results. Yeah, they do. They yeah. want um, They want results. big, thick effect sizes <laughs> with hot college girls... <laughs> It's really hard to get a study published when their findings are non-significant. No one wants to publish an article that says, hey, guess what? Nothing happened. Right. But that's like arguably just as important, right? So you need to know what works and what doesn't work. But if you only publish studies really where interventions or treatments or whatever are effective, then you get a really skewed understanding of the landscape of the studies that have been done. So like there might be a much higher percentage of studies that are not replicable, but the findings are not published. And that's the big problem where it is very likely going... Like, So I remember when I first started in graduate school, before my advisor had me do my own studies, he would have me just take a method section and redo another person's method section, basically doing a replication. Hmm. And from there, like, I did, I did not find any findings Wait, with the same like participants would you just the stats no he, he would give me an article yeah and say like here is something done by and he would, he would be like a, a popular study in social psychology yeah. and, like here's the methods 
redo it. And so I would like collect participants and I would stick to the methods section Mm. and I'd redo the stats just to like go through the steps of it. And then we would basically compare what I found to what happened. But like I did it once and then I actually went on to my own studies. But the one time I did it, like I didn't find anything. And the the thing that we like talked about too was like, if I found something, no one's going to publish it because it's basically like, hey, guess what? This was true. But if it's wrong, no one's also going to publish it. But so anyways, there's two types of of replication. Okay. So there is exact replication. Mm -hmm. So that's what I was doing, Mm -hmm. where I would take the method section and I would do it as close as possible. So that seems really hard as a grad student, though, because sometimes the sa- you can't you don't have access to that sample size, sample size or demographic as a grad student. Luckily, for most things in social psychology, it's college students. Oh, that's true. And so, like, if so, this isn't what I did, but let's say I was a, I was trying to do a replication of the Ash line experiment, which we've talked about yeah. before. I would get thirty five males. Put them in groups of eight. Hey-o. Yeah. Hey, dudes. Are you <laughs> and seven of your friends bored on a Friday night? Want to look at lines? Come on <laughs> over to my dude study. And I, I would show them the exact same lines from the original study. And I would just do it exact in the same order, beat for beat. Mm-hmm. Basically, I'm, the point of this type of study is if I follow everything exact... Does this method get this result? The other type is a, a conceptual replication. So this is when you do the methods as close as you can to the original idea, but you change some parameters. So like for the Ash one, I might get some hot chicks in there, or I might change up the order of the lines. I might uh, change the location, basically to say like, is it conformity or are other things at play? Mm-hmm. But I'm still testing to see if the conformity thing. Oh, going I know on. what I was gonna say before. Oh, good. Yeah. So that brings up a good point. So people will like reviewers will say one of the comments I often get is. How does this add to the literature base? Mm-hmm. Like, if you like, let's say I'm doing a study on I don't know teachers' use of a specific type of oh, spanking of intervention in the schools, mm-hmm. and then like I train the teachers to do something, and then see how much they do whatever. So there's tons of studies using this type of intervention and looking at whether or not teachers can use the trainings to implement the intervention. It's hard to market yourself sometimes as unique because you're like. I really am just trying to see if this continues to work with different populations that I'm working with. Yeah. This is a general ed teacher. This is a special ed teacher. Like, I think the problem is that most journals and most reviewers want home runs. Yeah. They don't want like... There just aren't that many. Yeah. They don't want like bunt singles. It's dangerous to be like, oh, everything's going to be a home run. Like, Like you're saying, like if you find a study that says like, hey, this thing that was found is found also here too. That's good news. Right. That's good. But reviewers are like, nah, I want something real, like real big. Real sexy. Real sexy. Yeah, no, I agree. And I, I think there should be in each journal, I think there should be a section for replication studies mm-hmm. and then a section for like new studies or whatever. Yeah. So that you're like, you know what? This is just quote unquote a yeah. repu- replication study. How can we study? reframe that? <laughs> this is only a replication? Yeah, This perfect. is more than a replication. This yeah. is not a replication study. This is not a replication study. <laughs> <laughs> um, but this no, is a deja vu study. Yeah. This is a blast of the past study Mm -hmm. i think that um we just as a science like as a soft science nah i don't like that as a chub science it's a chode science (laughs) we need to get better about recognizing replication studies and what they bring to the table oh absolutely we do we do and there is a movement towards that 
So have you heard of the... Maybe, but not... It may be in theory, but not in practice. At least my experience has not been that. Have you heard of the uh, Many Labs 2? It's like a sequel to Many Labs? I don't know why it's called Many Labs 2, but it's... <laughs> I don't know. I haven't it's heard Many of it. Labs, the number two. Man, M-A-N-Y? M-A-N-Y. Many. Space. Uh-huh. L-A-B-S. Labs. Space. Yeah. Arabic numeral two. Wait, are these terrorists? Maybe terrorists. They use Arabic, Arabic numbers. Arabic numbers? Yeah. All right. Easy. Uh, have you heard of UC Davis? Yes. Is UC Davis a good school? Yeah, for some things. I mean, it's a UC school. So they... <clears throat> it's a real Aggie agriculture. It's like hmm. very like farmers? ag heavy. Mm-hmm. Is, it, is it a farmer's only school? So they launched this mass replication project. They were looking at cool. tr- trying to replicate... In psychology? Yep. So they, they took the 28 most popular big splash studies in psychology. Okay. And they tried to replicate them. And what they tried to do was replicate them with much larger sample sizes with much higher oh, power. Yeah, that's so good. They, they, so yeah, sorry. <laughs> they collected 15,305 participants. And these are all like experimental studies. That's a, that is a huge number to mm-hmm. run an experiment on. Mm-hmm. Across 36 different countries trying to replicate these 28 studies. And, th- and this is a large... Project. Yeah, but so the other problem with a lot of studies is that they're done in the United States. Mm-hmm. So were they trying to expand it, or were they were doing studies? They were doing conceptual replications. Oh, okay. They were okay. sticking as close as they could to the original, right? But they were beefing up the sample size, yeah. And they were doing them sometimes in other countries because basically, so basically, UC Davis was the spearhead of this, yeah. But they were recruiting other labs to help, which is why mm-hmm. it's called many labs. Two within this, so there's tons of labs just all replicating these different studies mm-hmm. and then what they would do was collect and aggregate all the data and then say like is there is the same effect there so 28 of the most of the top studies mm-hmm. that you said are yeah. you gonna go through what those are i'm gonna go through which one the two strongest that were replicated the best and the two that were not replicated because i imagine like we've talked about this on this pod before that some of the studies that were done in the past are hard to replicate because of ethical issues yeah none of those are on there they didn't do like the milgram study and stuff like that okay cool. it's, it's it's all ones that we still reference a lot of okay of the 28 how many do you think reached significant findings with the replication yeah how many could they replicate Mm, 12 14 you're close close. well i was going off that percentage that you said earlier you're very close but the ones that did replicate on average they had half the strength of the effect so what that means in general is that if oh like they were they were statistically significant but but the effect size was lower Right. So it's like... Well, I have to say too, though. I'm oh, sorry. Look, I just want to explain what yeah, yeah, yeah. that means. Yeah. So like for, for the effect size, it's basically like how strong of a response became of the intervention. So like if I was doing a study trying to find uh, how hungry to make you, like a strong effect would be like, I do this thing and you're like, oh my God, I'm going to die. I'm so hungry. Mm-hmm. And then if I do it again and it's a weaker effect, you're like, yeah, I can eat. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's not as strong, but it's still there. Mm-hmm. No effect as I do it. And you're like, I'm fine. I'm not hungry at all. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And so what they found was that the original studies had huge effect sizes. The replications had half as strong effects. Still there. Not as good though. So what's interesting about what you just said, this is get this maybe going to get now? real sciencey. I am hungry right now, but no big deal. It's because I did a spin class this morning. I can tell your, your quads are looking good. Thanks. 
there were a couple of times I thought my legs were going to fly off because we had to move them so fast. Mm-hmm. Has that ever happened to you in a spin class? No, because I like to move them, move them in a r- rational speed. No. I always hate it when they're like, all right, get your spins up to 210. Yeah. Like, like no, no time in my life would I need to go that fast. I'm not Speedy Gonzalez. <laughs> well, also- The Latin American mouse. <laughs> heard of him <laughs> i stand with speedy yeah i felt like it was unnatural how fast they wanted my legs to go they, a blur? they felt chaotic it felt like if i wasn't clipped in I, they would fly off my face <laughs> yeah that's good to know it's good to know that that was your exact feeling uh, so oh the sciency this is getting real sciency so when you increase the sample size by a lot you can find this is really cool because you can find effects more easily but you do often reduce the power so okay so you can find effects more easily so you increase your power by increasing your sample size but just like what you're saying you you'll find because you have way more people you know average it out you're gonna find a less significant impact yes um yeah so that's been science talk weird science that's a song you should put in right wasn't weird science a super horny horny movie well they kelly brock they created her they created her for sex didn't they um they created her to be their girlfriend. Yeah, for sex. Well, I mean, I don't think... Well, you I, you can make that leap. Movies in that era were so horny. They were so sexist. They were. My so favorite, homophobic. I know everyone's been dying to find out, but I finished all the Friday the 13th. Oh, you did? That's I, what you did today? Today, I watched... I finished the first three Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh, that's right. You moved on. Uh, I, I've moved on. And so far, Nightmare on Elm Street is better than Friday the 13th. But my favorite line of all the Friday the 13ths are Crispin Glover mm-hmm. looks directly at the camera and goes, oh, I'm so horny. <laughs> it is the greatest moment in any movie I've ever seen in my life. He just looks at the... And up until that point, all these teens are just acting horny. And he's like, I don't think they, I don't think the viewers get what's going on here. Really are you really thinking about the male gaze? They were very homoerotic, yeah. So the things that were most strongly replicated correspondence bias as a finding was okay. was head and shoulders the most reliable strongest finding what about knees and toes knees and toes knees and toes were not as <laughs> cl- as close because they had a lot of amputees in the study too but head and it's shoulders weird. were there it's a weird correlation although i do have to say that the study was sponsored by big shampoo so <laughs> it might not be as reliable no, but the, just the fact of correspondence bias, the, the fact that we fail to take ourselves as data and we uh, we make errors in our judgment. The other one is this idea of intentional side effects. Mm-hmm. Basically, it says that if you do something and as a byproduct, there is harm, people are very likely to assume you intended that harm. But if you do something and there's a side effect that is positive, they assume you didn't mean that. Mm. So, this is this is a replication study? Yeah. So basically okay. in this study, they gave people vignettes, little stories. Mm-hmm. And in them, they'd be like, this CEO launched a project for $10 million. Because of it, they got $20 million back. And it polluted this, it, it unknowingly polluted this river. And then they ask about like intentionality Mm. and it's like, yeah, they probably meant to pollute the river. But then if they would show a vignette of like this project cost 1 million, it netted 5 million and it also gave free education to first graders in the community. People are much more likely to be like, they didn't really intend that. They Mm. cared about the money. What is that effect? What is that? What are they proving? They're basically proving that people assume that harm is intentional and helping is not. Helping is accidental. Mm. Basically, we assume the worst in people. Great. 
So those were the two studies that on replication were the most reliable, okay. the strongest replications. Two that were not found, they actually were like anti-found. Uh, one was that people subconsciously exposed to the concept of heat were more likely to believe in global warming. So there was a study at one point where they would ask people about global warming on hot days and they found that they believed in global warming more when mm. they were actively hot. And so they published this basically saying like, oh, this is how you convince people about global warming. You just make them really hot? You make them really hot. Like You choose hot days to go get people to sign petitions. Okay. But they replicated it and found the opposite, that people like were less likely to cooperate, less likely to believe in global warming when well, they were hot. Well, okay, this is a weird like semantic weird thing. Science, 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 science. Um, this is a weird semantics thing, but you're you know, such a semantic. You're an anti. I'm a, I'm a Miranda. Man. You're a semantic. You're New York City is the fifth character. So, do you, have you noticed that it used to be called global warming and now it's called climate change? Yeah, because global warming is not accurate. I know, but do you know how many people have gotten stuck on that? People, meaning my parents, gotten stuck on that, yeah. and then I mean, it's cold today. Now are like, well, how can you say this is global warming? I mean, technically, it is all global warming. It's all related to global warming. It is, but but as in, a, like the yeah. the term neglects the things like increased hurricanes, increased tornado, like actual right. But it's caused by melting. It's caused by increased ocean <laughs> temperatures, which yes, yeah. But but so because it, it was. Of that, people who are more black and white thinkers are like, oh, no, this is not, it can't be. Yeah, it's, it's easier on face value to argue against. So, yeah, so that was one, like, larger one, a highly referenced study that was actually found to not be at all accurate. Hmm. Another one is that more moral transgressions create a need for cleanliness. There's an original study that found that, like, if you prime someone to think about, like, a moral wrong, so, hmm. like, you do, you, you harm someone, you do something kind of shitty, you're much more likely to, like, clean and desire things to be clean i'm not sure i so like if follow you, the, the original study bait was basically like if let's say you like morally did something wrong like you hit my car when you parked and then you didn't tell me like you lied about it mm -hmm. you did something wrong like this study said that you're much more motivated to like start cleaning the house and keep things clean like huh. organized stuff that's strange and what they found was that, that, that that's not accurate and if anything when people do something that's kind of like morally wrong and shitty they also prefer to like be dirty hmm. those dirty morally wrong how people. did they find i'm going back to the 28 top studies how did they are they the most cited studies i think so they're the most uh, as far as like experimental studies they're the mm. most cited i i think without it, the i can i like can post because i feel like those would be cited a lot yeah i think they're the ones that they could also like readily replicate okay. and people were and i would imagine i i haven't completely combed through the the article itself that is so they, there's a 100 page article that's published from this it's free which is great cool um but it's 100 pages very very detailed okay. but i i haven't combed through on like how they chose the 20 i haven't sean puffy combed through it <laughs> But it is, um, I'll post it and people can PDD comb through it. And I think our listeners are definitely the type of people who are going to read 100 pages. I think our listeners are the type of people that are already tuned out of this topic. <laughs> Another one that was not found was that there was, a, there was a highly referenced article that said that people who grew up with more kids in their family uh -huh. were more altruistic. Not found. No, There's no a lot of birth, like birth orders. No, you're not talking about, but birth order stuff is really come into question yeah a lot of those studies are not found so like birth order impacts your attachment style birth mm -hmm. order right. and penis size birth order and mcdonald's order <laughs> none of those are things yeah and so those are the those are the big ones that were not found so big question why does this happen 
Well, I have a question. What is your question? Why does this happen? Okay. Mm-hmm. One of the most common explanations, which is actually easy to think about, but not actually found that often, is that people are falsifying results. Okay. So, so it's like, it's easy to be like, Okay, but here's, here's something about studies that people need to understand. What do, you got to listen what, up. What's one thing I need to understand? You know, you know who doesn't understand? Who? Parents. Parents. The thing that people need to really understand is that when you talk about results from any study you're looking at averages. So you're taking all the results and you're putting them into like an average range. You have obviously outliers, right? Which you sometimes exclude or sometimes figure out ways to include. But when you're looking at the results from a group of people, if there were like, I don't know, 10% of people that were faking it or like faking bad or whatever you call it, those would come out in the wash. Well, no, this is saying researchers are faking their data. Oh, oh, that's, oh. that's So that's the okay. most common. When you ask people why this is a problem, Okay, people are very likely to say that this is because researchers are faking their data. That's crazy. It's crazy and it's actually not super common so there's well, been a we hear couple about it sometimes like the I, anti-vax stuff yeah the anti-vax stuff there's a guy named staple who's a social psychologist he was found to fake a lot of his data who was that guy there was like a study in california from ucla about political persuasion yes um i wrote down hauser He's from Harvard. There, I wrote. There's a. There's like a list of names yeah. I saw that were like he. That was one of them. Hauser did morality studies. Mm. He was faking them. So there's like there are people. That's ironic. It is. It is actually really ironic. That's why I wrote it one down. Hauser, Harvard. He was faking studies on morality. Huh. So yeah, it, it it happens. But the problem is that it's a heuristic to think that that's the reason because we can obviously mm. like recall like these big stories. Yeah. But if you take those stories and compare it to how much research is actually coming out like it's, mm-hmm. it's a very small percentage that like it doesn't account for two-thirds of the research right. is being faked another reason a really common reason is that people that are publishing that's their livelihood is publishing and so they have this vested interest in yeah. tweaking and tweaking and tweaking and twerking and twerking and twerking and working out their research <laughs> until they get a result and then immediately publishing it because they need to get Mm. two two articles a year otherwise they're going to lose their money and so because of that sometimes you'll see research that has really small sample sizes which is more prone to like random chance mm-hmm. um you also see people that will publish on spurious correlations mm-hmm. a lot uh spurious correlations are basically just correlations that happen just because of like random chance one of my f- top favorite of all time websites uh, 538 they did this article on their website about why nutrition data is just garbage like why it's hard to know if like if eggs are bad for you oh or right like, right right and so basically it's fluctuating all the time like it, sometimes good sometimes bad it's either like it's either poisonous or the key to like living forever sure and so what they found was that it's because that people do these large questionnaires and then they do you what they call survey fatigue well, well, what they do is they call p-hacking. So they just like run correlations between items until they find things that seem to go together. Mm. So they did that. They released like a 200 question questionnaire to a t- like thousands of people. And then they published the results as if it were fact as like a jokey, mm-hmm. like, oh, this is, we can do it too. So uh, some of the findings, eating raw tomatoes and the Judaism are very strongly correlated. Mm-hmm. So Jews love tomatoes. Mm-hmm. Eating egg rolls and owning a dog, also like a thing that doesn't seem to hang together, but the the p-value is like less than 0.0001. What about owning a pig and eating pigs in a blanket? Ooh, or owning a blanket and eating pigs in a bed. Can I just talk about a blanket really quick while you're doing Blanket, 
Uh, Michael Jackson's son? No. No, it Where keeps popping he? up. I don't know. You know what keeps popping up for me in my Facebook feed and like other ad stuff? Comfy blanket ads. Burrito blanket ad where it looks like a big tortilla. <sighs> Have you not seen these? No. It's like directly targeted I at get me. A, I get a lot of ads on young singles in my area that want to talk to me. Really? <laughs> no, I don't. Okay, good. <laughs> no, I get a lot of ads on like headphones and yeah. like taco places close by no this is disgusting and i if my phone is listening right now i'd really appreciate it if i don't get these ads anymore because i don't want a blanket that looks like a tortilla like i just don't nothing about more marketing to me is going to make me want that i kind of want to get a blanket that's a tortilla then i want to put on green sweatpants in a red sweatshirt and a like a meat colored hat and then be a little burrito and sleep a little comfortably yeah so that's exactly what why people think it's cute but the it's it not looks cute, it's disgusting disgusting it is disgusting i there's nothing about it yeah. that i want or like okay good to know well yeah. i need to see what the return policy is on the blanket <laughs> i got you for christmas uh two more findings that i thought were amazing drinking <laughs> drinking soft drinks and having a weird rash in the past year were extremely strongly correlated mm. and then using does tape- that mean that one causes the other well that, that that's basically what, what their thing is saying like is it that the rashes are causing soda or soda is causing rashes one of them that is probably a real relationship is that using table salt and having a positive relationship with your internet provider <laughs> was a really really positive thing so essentially like that's a reason why a lot of these findings people get correlations and then they, they will just dump out whatever they find no hypothesis needed and then because a lot of it's chance, like you just can't find it again. It's not a real thing. Mm. A couple of the reasons why this happens. One is that you're getting true results, but for very specific reasons, you're not actually measuring. Yeah. And so like, uh, so like with the Ash line test, like it might be a thing where, even though it's been found multiple times, like it could have been a thing where like, it's just a dude thing. Then you need to find out why. Yeah. Or it might just be like a, that school thing. Like what is it about that school's right, culture? Or that region happening? of the country or. Yes. Um, as, social economic status or yeah race or ethnicity like things you're not controlling for exactly and so it might be a thing where you you just don't know what the variable you have is and that's why it's different than like doing a study in chemistry where like if you get two chemicals and combine them like there's less chance not like one chemical isn't from a region of michigan (laughs) that it was very specific i think i don't know chemistry yeah i see breaking bad well no i mean chemicals are very site specific Mm-hmm. Yeah, where do they come from? The the last reason okay. that's really popular is uh, just like a, a poor quality of study. Like just research in psychology is, is poorly designed sometimes. And there's actually a guy named Gert Storms, which is an amazing yeah, name. that's great. He, he should have been a weatherman. He should have been a weatherman. Uh, he was a journal editor with the APA and mm-hmm. he was actually told to step down by the APA mm-hmm. because he said he will no longer accept research studies unless they also turn in all of their data so he can run their own his own stats there's a big push for that in general now though with open source so people are making their data sets um public and people are wanting other people to do that just for transparency yeah the other thing i was going to say is like we've gotten a lot better at reporting the information on our participants like i still get articles that i review where it's like like i can't tell from the way it's written like where it is like where it takes place um, it's just a number it's like yeah it'll be like hey. we recruited 520 participants yeah I'm like where where are you don't have to say the city but like you can say the yeah. region of the country what or what country names? or yeah it's like you know they didn't account for like various things that would be really important those studies tend to get re- rejected now because they're yeah. just not 
there's no there's no ability to replicate them because you don't know what the subject pool is yeah there's also a smaller movement in psychology that hasn't really taken off as much as i thought it would but there was a movement a while back where people would turn in their article minus the results section so they would basically turn in a proposal for a study like you write the oh we did that i've done that i i, I love that as an idea like you write you write the intro yeah. you write the methods and then you review it based on the strength of the study yeah and even if you find nothing they're agreeing up front whether or not they accept it. Yeah, and I we're, we actually recently did that. We published a protocol for a study that is more of like an open source transparency format of like, hey, this is what we're going to do. Once you've published that, you can't change your study. You can't be like, oh, actually, we yeah. changed the measure or we did this or whatever. Well, exactly. I've seen so... I like. Unfortunately, I've been in part of studies so often where like the main study does not work but there's some weird side data that is loosely related. So people are like, oh, guess what? This is what we're going to publish on now. So I do like the idea that you shouldn't be evaluated based on whether or not you find something. It should be the quality of your of your inquiry. So here's the big question. Though. Here's the rub. What does this all mean? Like, why is that? Why do we care? Like, why is it important? Because for the past 29 episodes, everyone, we're, <laughs> we're referencing research and saying this is important and... I mean, just bigger in general, not just for our podcast. No, no, I think... Th- but that's that's it, though. Like, we, among other media outlets, are saying, hey, guess what? This is... <laughs> Part of a media. Yeah, I love we're, it. We're moguls. We're moguls now. People are referencing research and saying, hey, this is a thing now. Yeah. And we aren't taking the time to actually confirm that it's a thing. And so people... like We do. Th- with some studies, there's been a lot of replication. Yeah, but for a lot of stuff that so like outside of psychology, even like when they were looking for like why vaping has been causing this lung disease, they find one loose correlation and then they immediately go to the media like, hey, guess what? This is what it is. Media Mm -hmm. reports on it's this thing. And then isn't it some sort of oil in the so the pen? The most common explanation now is a form of vitamin E or something. Yeah, vitamin E. Yeah. Um, But that wasn't like the first reporting because they found something but it wasn't well replicated well found in all the all the it's like uh, some synthetic vitamin e yeah but i think that's why this matters is because every hand that you exchange the information from Mm -hmm. it becomes more and more firm and more and more confident so like when you read the original source material almost every time they're like it's always soft language and it's like "Eh, this and we need to do this again and the future direction is always like we need to replicate this as best Mm -hmm. we can if it is a like a cool result and it gets picked up by like a media outlet it's Mm. like hey guess what chocolate cures right cancer and then before you know it like goop is selling chocolate you put in your (laughs) vagina for a thousand dollars a bar anyways that's that's why i think a lot of this matters is the field of academia the field of research is so pushed on results that it's it's not slowing down enough to confirm what it thinks it knows and the problem is once once someone knows something it's so hard to then reverse that but do we ever really know anything that's the problem well i mean when we do studies we're just rejecting an idea that's not true we're not proving something yes and we generally know that vaccines don't cause autism yeah but people still hold on to that firmly because it got published no i i hear what you're saying but like we like that's kind of the 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 scientist's dilemma, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, we never, I mean, there's nothing, and this is very existential, but like there, we just, there's never things that we know for fact and are never wavering. Right. And I think our threshold for what we think we know, it needs to be higher. We're not saying like this intervention or this type of treatment is like 
the end all be all, we're saying like, this is the best we have right now. Mm-hmm. And so our job as scientists and practitioners is to constantly be analyzing like what it is we're doing and if it's still relevant. Yes, I completely agree to but that. People, a lot of people don't do that. Yeah, and Exactly. That's the problem is in the ideal, this isn't a problem because people in the field are constantly checking back in and reviewing what's the latest. But in practice, what happens is people get something and then they leave and they go, hey, this is this item I got is never going to expire. I'm going to practice with this for the rest of my life. Right. And then 20 years down the road, someone's like, hey, guess what? That assessment is nothing. And then they get really defensive. And they're like, well, I've been doing this for 20 years. You're saying that that's been nothing? Right, right, right. That's so part of it. That's mm-hmm. why I feel like the field needs to slow down a little bit. Slow your roll. Slow your roll. Check with us first. <laughs> we have all the answers. We have some. I can I can tell you if it's bullshit or not. Mm-hmm. I think we're done. What do you got coming up in your life? Thanksgiving is on everyone's everyone in this country's life. So basically everyone. <laughs> okay. Um yeah, so in a couple of weeks we've got some some r- road races coming mm-hmm. up. Yeah. Miles from Moffat. Mm-hmm. And if you're doing miles from Moffitt this upcoming week and come find us, y'all. And then your parents are coming. My parents are coming for Thanksgiving. We got the goody goody. Why are you being so specific about the races we're running? In case our fans go run races. Okay. And then we have Ragnar. Yeah. So that's what I have going on. Just, I feel like the time between Thanksgiving and Christmas is like a, a bad time for productivity because people like people are like, I uh, just, I'm so busy, you know, it's just the countdown to Christmas, da, da, da. And oh, it's like, okay, shopping. it's like, well, you know, I don't know. People just, it feels like it's hard to get things out of people during that time. Like I'm like, waiting like, for some like secrets. Yeah. It's hard to get secrets out of people when they go shopping for it toys. Is. It's just like, oh, you know how it is. Those holidays are coming. Get those mm. emails. are going to have oh, to answer sorry themselves. To, sorry to answer your text. Christmas is in four weeks. Yeah, exactly. Oh, Sorry. I'm not, I don't care. All right, cool. What about you? Probably cruising through the rest of the Nightmare on Elm Street series. Mm. Got work, reading a book, uh, going running. I got new insoles. Feels got great. Shoes. You got new shoes. Races, which we're doing together. That's about it. Um, cool. All right. Cool. Well, good talking to you. Love you. Love you. Bye. Bye. On the fence. <gasps> hey, kitty. Hello, Garfield. It's so pretty. It's watching us. We have an audience. Oh, it really is interested in what we're doing. It looks so uncomfortable. I know. Come on in. It's just, warm in here. Or just jump over. Like Come in here. <laughs> Come in here. <laughs> it's coming. It's coming. It's coming to us. Come here. Come here. Come in here. <laughs> it's just laying on the fence watching us now. Wow. Or you, because it can't even see me. Come here. Okay. Okay. Go, go, go so. On.